Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. to another episode of the 643 podcast it's been a while since i've uh, had the time to really sit down and do one of these i really don't have the time to be sitting down and doing one of these right now but hey um some things you just have to make time for and uh we are on red alert of all red alerts right now let's just go ahead and get this out in the open last night sucked uh last night sucked as much as a game has sucked since game three of last year's nlds for many of the same reasons as now the Atlanta Braves, after a 104-win regular season with arguably the best offense of all time, are on the brink of elimination precisely because, or not precisely, but one of the main reasons because that vaunted offense has completely disappeared in the postseason. Um, let's just get this way out there and let's... I've... Uh, how do I want to word this properly and, and still remain a, a family show? Um, I I have had very few times where I've been as disappointed in a ball game as I was yesterday uh, for a number of different reasons. And when you lose 10 to 2, there's a lot of different places that you can lay blame, uh, sometimes rightfully, sometimes wrongfully. Um, but this is one of those cases where I think you can literally lay blame everywhere. Um Offense, defense, coaching, pitching, all of it. All of it sucked. And this is something that, quite frankly, has caused, uh, as you might imagine, a huge stir among at least the brave social media aspect, which is where I typically tend to be around, especially on Twitter. So a lot of where I see a lot of the Braves fan takes tends to be on Twitter. Now, you can say Twitter is more doom scrolling uh, than some of the other spots like Facebook. I don't really pay attention, so I don't really know. Um, But I need to find a way where I'm not sitting here until 8 o'clock tonight just chewing on my fingernails, just dreading it. Otherwise, it's going to feel like torture for a long, long time. For about the next nine hours or so, so I'm recording this at about 11.15. I just... Let, let's get something straight. Like I, if you had told me that the Braves drop Game 3 before we went into Game 3, I would have said, yeah, that's pretty much the obvious game that they're going to drop. You know, that's the game where... You know, you don't have Charlie Morton, so you're going to end up with either Bryce Elder or Smith Shaver or a bullpen game of some sort. It was always the most likely game that the Braves were going to lose. It's why that was the, the first. That's why they weren't favored in the in the ball game. That's why the Phillies and and when you made this out, yeah, you might not have known what you'd get from Max Fried, so maybe you would have sided with with Zach Wheeler just because it was Wheeler versus Fried. But this was the one. 
that you looked at and said, all right, there's a clear advantage for the Phillies here. Now, it's similar because the Phillies had this exact situation in game one, where it was Ranger Suarez slash bullpen game versus Spencer Strider. Now, the Phillies, to their credit, they stole game one, despite a really, really good outing from Spencer Strider, about as much as you could have asked for from him in that outing. The Braves offense just decided not to show up, and the Phillies stole game one behind some good outings or some good innings from Ranger Suarez and some great bullpen innings. And a disturbingly effective game plan that they've employed this entire series with their relievers versus the Braves bats. Uh, more on that in a second. But game three, we went into this, and, and I, I guess we should point out just for the sake of honesty, it was never confirmed or anything, but. Boy, it sure looked like the game plan heading into Game 3 this year was was supposed to be the same as the game plan heading into Game 3 a season ago, which was, you know, get Bryce Elder through one turn through the order, turn it over to A.J. Smith-Shaver for one turn through the order, and at that point, you're probably in the sixth inning, sixth or seventh inning, and at that point in time, now, depending on where the game is at, you can decide whether you need to use your higher leverage bullpen arms or, or what the status of the game is. But that's all reliant on one thing, and that's actually sticking to your game plan. In game one, despite the fact that the Braves couldn't touch Ranger Suarez, which has been a problem for them, which is why uh, I I truly don't – if the offense is going to get going tonight, it's going to be really tough because they just don't hit that dude. And he was doing more of the same in game one until a point in time – I think it was the third inning. It was either the third or the fourth. might have been the fourth. Um, But – It was third or fourth inning. Braves had a couple of runners on, and Rob Thompson immediately made a call to the bullpen. And he didn't just pull out his lowest leverage reliever because he was in the fourth inning of a ball game. He called in Jeff Holland, who is one of their better relievers and one of their their higher leverage guys coming out of the bullpen. And it ended up working out for Rob Thompson. That's kind of what you envisioned. And that's really, in a nutshell, that's the kind of leash that you expect to see in the playoffs. That's not what happened for Atlanta yesterday. So first of all, let's just go ahead and say through the first two innings, Bryce Elder was absolutely dialed in, absolutely cruising. Rob Thompson, the manager of the Phillies, had mentioned that, you know, it was tough for the Phillies hitters to pick the ball up because of the lighting. And that's that's fine to say when your team wins 10 to 2. But if we're just being honest here, just watching it, it's not they couldn't pick the ball up. It's that Bryce was putting the ball where he wanted to put it. You know, he he was out of the middle of the plate. Everything was low. He was just kind of clipping edges. He, He wasn't... He wasn't in the heart of the plate, and he wasn't up in the zone. Through the first two innings, he had four strikeouts. Now, this is where you get into the problems, because this is exactly the same script that happened last year, where Strider, through the first two innings, was dominant, his normal Spencer Strider self. And you went into that ball game with a game plan of, okay, we're going to have Strider throw two innings, and then we're going to move to the bullpen. Well... You didn't because of how the first two innings went for Spencer Strider last year. And then what happened is he got blown apart in the third. It was a six-run third inning, and that caused you to lose by eight runs. Shockingly familiar. You got two great innings out of Bryce. You went through the top of the order. You went through the whole lineup of Bryce, and, and he pitched really, really well in the first two innings. And then, lo and behold, Snit trusts him to go back out for a third instead of sticking to the game plan. And then it all blows apart in the third inning starts with a home run by Nick Castellanos on a pitch. And, and look, that's not a pitch that really should have been a home run pitch, but 
It was inside off the plate, but it was a little bit up. It was a sinker. And by the way, Castellanos has three hits against Bryce Elder. All three of them are homers. And I believe he's homered against him in his last three at-bats. But when you throw an 89-mile-an-hour sinker, guys at this level, whether they're strong enough or have fast enough bat speed, they don't have to hit it dead on the barrel to hit it out to, to straightaway left field and right down the line. They only need to get about 350, 360 to get out of there. Now, and okay. The Braves scored the first run offensively early on in the very first inning. It kind of looked like, all right, maybe they're going to figure some stuff out here. Um, had a couple runners on and left some some base runners on, which unfortunately was a theme from the offense yet again. But we'll, we'll talk about the offense here in a little bit. I really just want to focus on the pitching because it's it's not like it's any one person's fault what happened yesterday. But it's a cavalcade of things. It, and it's just it just snowballs. And I I just thought that after you saw this exact same thing happen last year, that you would be a little bit more prepared for it this year and that you would kind of stick to your guns a little bit. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. And then to top that all off, you get the home run from Castellanos, at which point, all right, you know, it wasn't a great pitch for him to hit out. Sure, it wasn't where Bryce wanted to put it, but it's not like it was over the heart of the plate. It was inside off the plate. Maybe it was just a good swing by Nick Castellanos. Fine. Then that was followed with a hard hit single. Then you end up with another runner on. can't remember if it was a walk or if it was another single. It was probably another single. So you end up getting to a situation that you absolutely could not have gotten to. And that's Bryce Elder facing Bryce Harper for a second time. Look, I know Bryce Elder had pitched well against Harper during the regular season. This is Bryce Harper in the postseason, dude. Like, of all the people on the Phillies that you're scared of, or of anybody in Major League Baseball that you are scared of, nervous about whatever about facing in an at-bat, Bryce Harper is at the very, very top of that list. And it ended as predictably as we all could have thought and imagined. Because there was, at one point, and I, I swear this was right after the Castellanos homer, A.J. smith Shaver was warming up in the bullpen. And then they sat him down and let Bryce Elder keep going. And he gets around to face Harper in a 1-1 game with two runners on. And the most predictable thing of all predictable things happens. And you hang a slider to Bryce. And I mean hang a slider. 84-85, right down the middle of the plate, about crotch high. And Harper does what he does. He blasts it 400-something feet at 110 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, you're down 4-1. to one. Okay, so at that point, they start, you know, they let him go and they let him go another two batters after the Bryce Harper home run, which at that point is because you sat down the guy you had warming up. And I, I just, I, I'm struggling right now to get through this. So, so you face another two batters and then rather than going to AJ Smith Shaver, which was the original plan, go to Bryce and then go to AJ Smith Shaver, let them both go as deep as they can go or one or one time through the order of peace. And if that gets you to the fifth or the sixth inning, now you can attack it from your middle to high leverage bullpen guys. If you're in the game, or you can go to your low leverage guys. If you're not, well, he brings in Michael Tonkin instead, which terrible spot to bring in Tonkin. And, and that, and if you listen to snit post game, I'm going to be very honest. I love snit. That was a God awful post game. That was that was one of those that makes you lose hope. It really was. It was it was just terrible. 
every answer he had was just a, a terrible, terrible answer. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But Tonkin got JT to hit the ball in the air and it ended up looking like a double. It looked like it was hit harder than it was, but it was an easy play. Expected batting average of 220, but Eddie Rosario lets it fall. And this is just another string of, of I just, I don't understand Eddie Rosario because you'll see him make some crazy difficult catches in the outfield. And then a ball like that, which frankly, it, frankly, a normal left fielder gets to that jogging. Like there's not a chance in the world that, that falls. Like it didn't even really fall behind him. It like fell like right next to him. It was just a terrible job defensively. And all of a sudden, before you can blink, it's six to one. You went into that inning up one nothing. No, one run wasn't likely going to win it in Citizens Bank Park with the Phillies who hit more home runs there than they do anywhere else and um, just just mash in Philadelphia. But it's all one big snowball. And this goes to Brian Snicker. I, and I, I'm going to blame Elder for hanging those pitches because, look, dude, like, it wasn't a good second half for you. I go to bat for Bryce Elder a lot because I really, really like him, and I do think he can be good. I do think he can be a quality five starter or even maybe a quality four starter. Maybe we'll see how adding the cutter this offseason goes for him. But, like, I do like Bryce Elder, but you can't get around the fact that the second half of this year, and maybe it was maybe it's fatigue from all the innings on his arm, he got a little boost in the first couple of innings in the same way that Spencer did because he had some time off but then the fatigue wore back in. I don't know. But you can't hang that pitch to Bryce Harper right there. Like, you can't. But that's, like, walk him on four straight. You can't hang that pitch to him. If you do, you should expect exactly what happened. Unfortunately, that wasn't it. Because the Braves had a second chance at facing Bryce Harper. And... This time with Brad Hand, and again, this is where everything gets all funky. Because you you carry Brad Hand on the playoff roster precisely because he's a left-handed reliever who's supposed to only face left-handed batters. But you didn't want to have him warmed up and ready to go to face Harper for the second time through for reasons, but likely because Harper crushes Brad Hand. So you left Bryce Elder to face Bryce Harper a second time through. Gets bombed on. But the next time Harper comes up to the dish, you've got Brad Hand in there to face him. And what does he do? Brad Hand hangs a breaking ball. Again, right down the middle. Perfect happy zone. Crushed another 110 mile an hour home run, this time to dead center field. By the way, Bryce Harper staring down Orlando Arcia both times. We'll talk about that if we have time. Very, very quickly on that, um, I don't care. Um, it's not a big deal to me. Um, I'm not mad at Harper for it. Orlando Arcia said some things in the locker room uh, after game two, after the base running uh, mistake or, or aggression didn't pay off for Bryce. Uh, Bryce got wind of it, and it wasn't a big deal what Orlando said. But look, great players don't need a lot of motivation. You gave him some. Bryce Harper came out and did what Bryce Harper does. Now, I don't actually think that would have mattered at all because I tend to think the bigger issue is hanging two breaking balls to, to Bryce Harper right down the middle of the plate and not expecting him to hit those over the wall. I don't know. That's just me personally. But everywhere you looked, and again, from the offense, like don't worry, offense isn't clear on this. Like, this is why 
the gameplay, everything about last night sucked. But that's why you're getting a bunch of people who are going to say, look, it didn't matter what button Snit pushed. If the offense isn't going to push across more than two, they're not going to win. And that's true. That's 100% true. Like, I know we can bag on Bryce Elder for not pitching well again and giving up six runs in three innings. And look, that that's fair. That's valid. He's a starting pitcher. He's supposed to go deeper. We've seen him pitch better than that. You know, we it, it should not be a crazy expectation to expect your starter to go more than two and a third or two and two thirds and not get blasted for six runs, right? Like that that's, you know, that's not something that we should have to say is an expectation or celebrate. Like you should just kind of know that you got to do better than that. And look, Bryce knows he should do better than that. I'm not saying anything he doesn't know. I'm also not really attacking him. But we also knew heading into the postseason that the pitching wasn't supposed to carry the team. The offense was because it was arguably the best offense of all time. You got the MVP, you got 340 home run guys, 530 home run guys, 400 RBI guys, and one that just missed it by like three RBI. Like this was not, this was not supposed to be a pitching driven postseason. You were supposed to come into this just needing pitching to keep you in the game enough for your offense to make the difference. And thus far, the offense has been putrid, just terrible. Everything they did during the regular season, the hard contact they made, the extra base hits, the slugging, the homers, all of it has completely evaporated in the postseason. And maybe fine, you'll lay off, that's excusable. But you know what's not excusable from the offense? This entire season, they had a game plan and they executed it perfectly of not swinging and missing, of not striking out at a crazy rate of taking good at-bats, making pitchers throw pitches, and putting good swings on the baseball. Folks, they've got 30 strikeouts through three games in the DS this year. You can't have that. And maybe it's the pressure. I don't know. But when you're down by, like, six runs, you can't solo homer your way out of it. Just... From everybody involved, and look, Ronald hasn't played well, and I'm not going to blame Ronald because he's been so good, and he did steal a base, and we don't score two of the two of the three, four, five, six runs we've scored this series without him. The Two of the seven, I'm sorry. We've scored seven runs. Um, but like two or three of those runs are because of Ronald because of what he does in the base pass. But offensively, he hasn't done much. Matt Olson hasn't done anything. Outside of the home run, Austin Riley hasn't really done anything. Ozzy's had a, a couple of good swings and then a couple of terrible ABs. Michael Harris has... Michael Harris is 0 for 11 with like five or six strikeouts. And all the rest of them are just ground balls to first base. Terrible. The whole offense has been awful. Marcelo Zuna has been leaving runners on at an impressive rate. (laughs) Orlando's had a couple of decent hits, but nothing substantial. And Eddie Rosario, which was supposed to be even month Eddie Rosario, has not been good at all throughout the three games. And now you can say credit to Philly pitching, and sure, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola was fantastic. And that's then, you know, certainly you can say that. But this team is supposed to be substantially better than the Phillies. They were substantially better during the season again. 14 games over the Phillies for the second year in a row. You were supposed to be better than this. This was an offense that came in here knowing how good they were. And we all knew the plan of the attack was offense is going to need to score runs. If you can if you can just keep the Phillies offense to three or four runs, the Braves should win these games no problem. Well, offense has to do their part too. And now they're they're up against it against a guy in Ranger Suarez who they have not hit well. 
in a series where not only have they not hit well, they have hit objectively about as poorly as they've hit in any series this entire season. Now, the other side of this is your manager can't be screwing you. And again, I love Snit. He has pushed every wrong button possible in the postseason. Every single one. And look, sometimes it's luck of the draw. Sometimes this is just what happens when you have a, a gut manager and when you have a, a, a manager who is loyal to his players to a fault. And that's, you know, during the regular season, I love that. I'm fine with that. But dude, it's the postseason. And I don't have any sympathy for you when you had the exact same scenario happen a season before. And then to start getting testy with people after the game when they're calling you on your questioning. Dude, if every person in the stadium, every person in the fan base, every person in the media, when they all know what is a bad way to approach that game and you're the only person that doesn't, that's a problem. Now, I will address this because I saw this a, a little bit on social media. Uh, a couple people asking me or just kind of to the moment, terrible performance, supreme letdown. So, I mean, I... I, I Emotions were running high. Mine were too. As you can tell by my timeline, I was not in a good place yesterday. Obviously, things were, were going about as poorly as possible. I could not have imagined things going worse in a game three. But some people I noticed talking about how the Braves need to move on from Brian Snicker are asking me, like, dude, if he if he loses if the Braves lose this series, do you make the change at manager? And listen, there is no way that they do. Not because they want, not because they don't think they could get a better in-game manager, not because of, of whatever reason, but because you cannot move on from Brian Snicker. Because there is a, not just a very real possibility, uh, a, a very, very likely and expected possibility that if you did, you're going to lose this team. And if you lose this team, it's not just about, okay, you're going to suck for a year when you shouldn't have. If you lose this team, you lose the team that's been taking the team-friendly deals. You lose the loyalty aspect, which has been a huge component in the deals you've been able to get through. I know people can say, you know, as soon as you start winning again and it won't matter. Promote Ron Washington and it probably won't matter and, and, all, and all that good stuff. But you're really discounting how much these players love Brian Snicker. And I know we can look at it analytically and say that's fine and all, but you got to win. I'm with you. You got to win. 100%. But you're not going to move on from the guy that just won you a World Series two years ago. And you can say that that might have been the Miracle Series. You could have said that the Braves might have lucked into it. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe so. Um, remains to be seen. But it would take a whole lot more than two disappointing postseasons to move on from Brian Snicker, in my opinion. I don't, Alex is not going to make that move. He's not going to. He, he's just, that, that's not going to happen. And, and frankly, it shouldn't happen. Now, there does need to be a talk, a real, a real closed door talk of, hey, that's two in a row where we've gotten blown out because you trusted your gut and you didn't follow through with the game plan. You see what your opponent did? He followed his game plan 
they stole a game they shouldn't have been able to steal. And again, going into game three, if you were going to win it, it would have been a steal. But you had a chance to steal it, which would have put Philly on the ropes with Spencer Strider going today against Ranger Suarez to where maybe they have to throw Zach Wheeler to get to a game five and it would be Max Freed versus Ranger Suarez where you would have a decided pitching advantage. But you didn't. I'm just saying they also should have... My Charlie Morton conspiracy theory, it should not have even been a conspiracy theory. They should have just done that. Because I'm not convinced that you couldn't have gotten an inning or two out of Charlie and done at least as well as what the pitchers did yesterday. I I just... I, I... I'm angry. I'm very frustrated. I am. I know. Now, it it should be pointed out. Most of us expected to lose game three going into it. But there is a difference in dropping a game and getting blown out in a game. Like, there's a, there are different levels of losing a ball game. And that's what frustrates me so much. Like, you could have lost game three. You could have lost last night without all of us and not not played so poorly that all of us are, are in this position now where we think that it's over uh, or, or that the mood is just not great. You could have played a decent game or played it, you know, as well as you could have, you know, just shake it off, wring your hands out, whatever, just kind of wipe your hands clean up and say, look, we did what we could do. They beat us anyway. Tip cap to them. And I don't think people would have been as, as upset. I said, all right. You know, you could have gotten them to use their bullpen a little bit. But instead, you got blown out. And I think the only main arm they used was Matt Strom. It's just, that was about a worst case scenario. Now, on the flip side of this, this is the reason why you want to win the division. Now, we can say that the bye week, the, the way that the the way that the postseason is set up is not helping the Braves. It certainly didn't help the Dodgers. It didn't help Baltimore. And fine, maybe that's valid. I'm just going to tell you, I don't care. The format's the format. There's no surprises in the format. You knew what to expect this year. You just had this format last year. It's just a case if you haven't played well. And it's not like you didn't have an idea of what to do to try to keep hot. But you didn't. You haven't. And that that's on the team. That's not on Major League Baseball. And that's not on anybody else. Would I like the DS to be a seven-game series? Sure. More baseball is more fun. But the format doesn't play a role in you just completely bleeping the bed. Like, this is a 104-win team that finished 14 games above these same Philadelphia Phillies. This is, statistically speaking anyway, the best offense of all time against guys that you've seen a million times before. So, again, it's not like they're surprising you with what they're throwing. And I, I alluded to this earlier. It's not like you're getting beat with them throwing flashy pitches or just dotting up corners and all of that. No, the Phillies game plan has been incredibly simple and incredibly and terrifyingly effective. Velocity in the middle of the plate. Maybe middle in, but middle of the plate and elevated. And you're swinging and missing at everything. Now, again... The Braves aren't out of this. They're not. As, as bad as the losses have been this series, and they've been terrible, you are not 
out of the series precisely because you got that buy. Because you are now set up for you have to win two games, but you're going behind Spencer Strider in Philadelphia, and then you're going behind Max Freed at home making a second start. Now, Max Freed's first start was I was there. Um, it was it was pretty good. Um, didn't have great feel, was you know, kind of a squeezed zone just a little bit, but all in all, wasn't terrible. Pretty good from him coming back, and most importantly, the hand feels fine. Blister didn't re-pop up. He's good to go for game five, which he was going to throw anyway. Um, but you're set up with the starters that you want. And look, Spencer can go out there tonight and throw an absolute gem, an even better gem than he threw in game one. And he, and he pitched really, really well. I know there were some Phillies fans saying, oh, they owned Strider in the playoffs. No, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> Strider, Strider pitched more than well enough to get that win, and you know it too. Um, but you got the win, so say what you want to say. Phillies fans chanting, we want Strider, we want Strider. Motivation's not going to be a big issue for Spencer. And to that end, that's a good thing. Because I know people can argue with me on this. Momentum is a real thing in baseball. Uh, it is. You can take a look at it. You can look at the players in the dugout. You can look at the body language. You can look at the excitement. And then on the other side of things, you can look at the excitement just seep out of players. And you know once that happens, you're done. It's really hard to get back up after you've gotten down. Spencer's a guy that can certainly help. You know what else would help? If you get a a big-time hit from the MVP, Ronald Acuna, get some offense to to push across some runs, and not just like one or two. This offense has to look like this offense. It's going to be difficult. You haven't hit well against Ranger pretty much ever, but it is still a lefty, a lefty junk baller, but it is still a lefty who's going to be kind of topping 93-94. And you're going to have to get to him quick because Thompson – He's got a day off, so he can empty the bullpen. You've given him the perfect scenario, perfect storm to try to clinch at home. Same way that happened last year. Spencer on the bump today is going to have to be dominant Spencer. And for what it's worth, I think he will be. Offense has to score runs, and I mean more than two. I need this offense. Like you're you're going to need to score at least four. At least four. Four to six. And this is an offense that averaged like five runs a game during the season. It's not like that can't be done. You got to stop leaving runners on for sure. But for a manager, for God's sake, dude, stick to your plan, please. If you know, if you just saw this play out a year ago, I don't understand how how you get surprised when it happens again. And then in the post game to be like, well, he was pitching really well, and we all knew this is what he was going to say. We thought he was pitching well. I thought maybe I'd get five out of him. Why did you think all of a sudden that you were going to get five out of him when you didn't plan on getting five out of him going into the game? That's what drives me crazy. Now, look, it looks bad. It sounds bad. It feels bad. It really, really does. But it's not over. Look. I know, I know, I sound I sound really upset and really frustrated, and I am. But it should be pointed out that while I know we're all extremely disappointed because that game just wasn't competitive, and that's not what you were hoping, that's not what you were expecting to see, especially after the way that game two ended, where it looked like the offense was finally starting to figure things out. And they did push 10 hits across. 
But they didn't push 10 hits across the way the Braves put 10 hits across. There were some infield hits. There were a couple dink and dunks. Just not the not the type of hits that we're used to seeing from this Braves offense. All that being said, you are still in the position that gave you the advantage heading into this series. And that should be pointed out, and that should be considered before we all just kind of freak out because of how bad yesterday was. And I get it, trust me. Uh, I can I can assure you, I am as frustrated and angry as anybody else, uh, especially with especially with the post game. And again, maybe that's just because emotions are riding high for them as well. It's possible, um, but it it was not a great post game, and it's one of those where I need you to at least <laughs> either acknowledge that you screwed up, or you know at least be open to the possibility that you did and not try to play it off like, well, yeah, here's why we did it uh, and, and stick to the game plan. This, like, this, this has to be the last time that you have to have that conversation. It has to be. Um, and, and if that means that you take a guy out too early, I don't care. Like, that, that's fine. I'd rather you make the mistake the other direction to show that you're trying to swap it out. Um, but you are still in a position, and Snit was right to point this out at the end of, his, at the, end of the post game. If you can't win two games with Strider and Max Freed, then nothing was going to happen for you anyway. And that's, that is true. And that is important to note because you do still have the, the decided pitching advantage today. Now, I wouldn't say that you have the pitching advantage on Saturday because it's going to be Max Freed versus Zach Wheeler. <laughs> A winner moves on if you get to Saturday. But... That's the way that you wanted this to line up. You were going to have to face Zach Wheeler in the last game of the series no matter what. I mean, if, if the Braves were up 2-1, to one, if they had stolen yesterday's game, then you'd be facing Wheeler today. So either way, you're, you're going to have to beat Wheeler again. You got three starts from Wheeler and Nola on the Philly side, and you have to win two out of the three. Now, unfortunately, you, you've gotten yourself into the position where you have to win three out of the four of, of the Strider and Max Freed starts. But that's the way that you wanted the rotation to line out. And I guess if you're looking for some small silver lining, because of the way the game went, you didn't burn your high leverage bullpen guys. So it is going to be all hands on deck. Now, it'd be all hands on deck anyway. I would have no excuses otherwise. Um, But this is going to be it. This is going to be the most pressure-packed game, obviously. Now, this offense has risen to the occasion all season long. I know how bad they've been. Trust me, I know how bad they've been in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, this is going to be where it's time to nut up or shut up. To quote A.J. Minter, a lot of heart and a lot of nuts, and you're going to need a lot of both to advance today. Now, they are going to be playing at 8.07 because the Diamondbacks swept the Dodgers, so at least I was right about that. Um, as, to, as to the whole debacle with the locker room thing, uh, the Orlando Arcia, attaboy Harper, haha, attaboy Harper after the base running thing, that leaking out, and... I'll, I'll just tell you this from a couple of different angles. Um, first and foremost, that's not a like, that's not like he did anything bad. Um, anybody would say that. Um, Harper would tell you that it was a bonehead decision on his part. You don't want to fire up like the best, the the most feared hitter in baseball, or at least in the postseason, not named Jordan Alvarez. And you could make the case that Harper might be more <laughs> deadly than Alvarez. Um, you don't want to you don't want to give him any bulletin board material, just like you didn't want to give Larry Bird or Michael Jordan any bulletin board material. Uh, now Orlando and, and the guys when they were 
talking about it in the post game or in the locker room, one, the energy was very bad. Um, not hard to see why. You got stomped. You gave up six homers. Um, hard to keep the energy up. But it also looked like, you know, from, from what they were saying, Orlando saying he wasn't supposed to hear that. Travis Darno saying, uh, look, that was said in the clubhouse. It shouldn't have gotten out. Um, it's bad for for reporters and, and it's bad for trust. And, and that's something that was not supposed to leave. It's like a safe space in here, a sanctuary, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Um, first of all, if you don't say that it's off the record, then it's not off the record. Now, should um, Jake Mintz from Cespedes Family Barbecue have a run with something like that? No. Clearly, he shouldn't have. But also, if you've got Phillies media and Braves media in the locker room, you probably shouldn't say anything that you don't want getting back to the Philadelphia locker room, right? Like, you're not... At that point in time, like, Philly media is not there to make friends with you. <laughs> you know, they want to see Philly win. Um, now, was it kind of Bush League? Yeah, it was. Uh, is it going to change... I have a feeling this is going to change who the Braves allow into the locker room. I have a feeling that it's going to change quite a few things about how they actually talk to media. And that's a shame because um, that sucks for everybody. So thanks a lot, Jake Mintz. You've kind of, you're now going to make it harder for the rest of us to, to do our jobs. Um, and that probably should not earn you any friends in the media at all um, because you wanted to run and get a story. There's a reason why, there's a reason why, Actual reporters don't run with stuff like that. Why they don't put that out there? Because it does screw over everybody else. Now, look, I mean, if if you're really more of just a fan and all you care about is, is your team going on, then you probably don't care about that. Um, but as somebody that does work in media, like it's a pretty bush league move. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not wanting to fight him over it or, or pissed off or anything like that. Like you know, if Orlando didn't want Harper to be able to hear it, then he shouldn't have said it. But also, I mean. I don't care. Like, you should be confident enough that you don't care if Bryce Harper heard that, right? Like, it was a bad play by Harper. He gambled and lost. And if you're the Braves, you should not be scared of anybody in the Phillies clubhouse hearing anything. I actually think that's a little bit more, it makes me a little bit more unsettled than just saying that to begin with, is you should not be scared of somebody hearing something. Like if you're going to talk your game, talk your game. And that's the Bryce staring down Orlando going around the field. I, I don't care. Bryce now has more homers in the NLDS than anybody ever. He just passed Chipper Jones. Uh, he's like hitting 500 against the Braves in this postseason. Um, Bryce can do whatever he wants. And as the people saying, you know, hit him in the head, hit him. Like, no, 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 no. Walk him every time. up. Uh, and this, that was another part that, that they asked Snit. Like, hey, did you consider walking him? And Snit said, well, at first he was going to say no, and then he kind of changed, like, well, yeah, kind of. Um, I would strongly urge you, if there is a base open, walk Bryce Harper. Like, that is the one person on that entire team who can hurt you more than anyone else. Take your chances with Bohm. Take your chances with Schwarber. Hell, take your chances with Trey Turner. Don't take your chances with Bryce Harper, one of the best left-handed hitters of this generation. Just don't. I know you're confident in your guys, and it's different with Spencer. Like, I'm not expecting Spencer to be intentionally walking Bryce Harper. I'm not. If there's runners on second and third, and I'm in a situation where, like, let's say it's fourth or fifth inning and the game can get away from me, walk him. 
Don't try to beat him. It's not going to work. Learn from that. Move on. 807 first pitch tonight. <sighs> I'm glad we did this. It's been a little bit longer than I normally like to go on these. I know I'm being a bad employee at the other job right now. I did kind of need this. Feels like a little bit of the stress, a little bit of the anger is kind of leaving a little bit. Braves are still in a position where they can still take this. This is not a position that I, I don't think that they're surprised at the position that they're in. Um, I'm certainly not surprised because, you know, I would game one or two, taking both game one and two, like I, I thought you would drop game two. I thought you would drop the, the Wheeler-Freed game uh, and that you would take the Strider game, but you, you ended up splitting 1-1 at your place. Now split 1-1 at their place. You come back home, and you're going to have Max Freed on the bump. Feeling pretty good now that he got one start out of the way. Hopefully the command will be kind of locked in. Uh, it's like we've normally seen from Max Freed. So it's still in front of you. Yeah, you got to win two in a row, but it's not like you haven't won two in a row before. It's not like this offense can't flip the switch immediately and go on a big, gigantic run. We've seen them do it. Um, that's going to need to get started today, and it's going to need to get started early. And I, I, I'm fully going to maintain this. Um, the Braves need to put up multiple runs early in the ball game. They need to jump out to a lead and not just like a one run lead. You need to jump out to like an actual lead, like three, four runs do that early. I think Spencer look in the same way that maybe it wasn't that smart for Orlando Arcia to be kind of egging on Bryce Harper. Um, it's very not smart to try to taunt Spencer Strider. Um, and while the offensive momentum is at the lowest I've seen it all year, Strider's not a guy that's going to come out lacking motivation. And, and look, if you're Phillies lineup and Phillies fans, um, I would expect the best Spencer Strider. Now, is it possible that he tries to overthrow? It's possible. He's a fiery dude. Um, but knowing Spencer the way that we Braves fans do, I would not. I would rather have no other pitcher. Like, there's no other pitcher I would rather have in this situation than Spencer. Uh, and especially with how fiery he was coming out of the game in Game One, he wanted to go an eighth inning, and he was very mad that he was not allowed to go an eighth inning. You get in a situation like that today, same thing, same setup as what you had going in Game One. You're going to have to physically drag Spencer off of that field, and that's that's what I think this team needs. Spencer's going to give this. Spencer's going to have a real opportunity to fire up this team and set you, to set yourself up right heading into the deciding game at home. All that to be said. Take tonight, and I think you give yourself kind of the edge as you head back home, which is kind of how it was supposed to go if you needed to go five games anyway. But please, for the love of God, offense, do something. And snip, cranny, if you guys are listening, don't wait until the bomb has exploded before you try to defuse it, right? Like, this is not a game in May anymore. This is the playoffs, and this is your final game. You have to manage it like it's your final game. If Spencer comes out and he's not pitching well, pull him. Like, you, don't, you do not have a, a tomorrow if you lose today. That's, that's going to be where I leave it. Uh, Braves still have a chance to move on. I'm, I'm going to roll with Spencer. Look, I, I support Spencer Strider all the time. I think that he is the most talented arm in baseball, and I think the big stage is big for him. So I'm going to roll with Spencer tonight. I'm going to just I'm going to put my faith in the offense that was better than everybody all year long and one of the best offenses of all time because I have to because otherwise the implications are just not as fun. And tomorrow's show on 680 the fan, which is supposed to be a 3-hour show, not going to be nearly as fun if I'm eulogizing the Braves. So let's get after it tonight. 
Um, let, let's grab a win here. Let's get back home and Saturday, turn it over to Max Freed and let Max Freed do Max Freed things. Offense can beat Zach Wheeler. They've done it before. They just did it, but they've done it before outside of just game two. Let's get them in the opportunity to get there, and let's let's see what the team can respond with with their backs absolutely up against the wall. Not the way you wanted to do it, but still everything in front of you if you're the Braves. You still feel like you have the advantage pitching-wise, uh, and we'll see where it goes from here. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Hopefully this helped you guys calm down. If, if you were as frustrated as I was, hopefully it can make you feel a little bit better about today. I do think we'll see better at-bats because I think, frankly, Seitzer might punch somebody in the face. Um, but that's going to be the key. Don't let the pressure. I mean, we're going to need to see the Braves offense play like the Braves offense. And I think we will tonight. Uh, 807 first pitch. All right, guys, uh, make sure you tune in on 680 The Fan tomorrow, whether it's it's a celebratory because the Braves forced it back to Atlanta or whether it's eulogizing. The team did enough to where they deserve you to tune in and listen in on it. Uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge and we'll come to it tomorrow. Good luck getting to 807 Braves fans. That's going to do it for me here for the 643 Podcast. <laughs> That's all, folks. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon Background Screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com.